Binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad-free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. This is The Ray Taylor Show. Welcome to Top 5 from The Ray Taylor Show, where each week I rank movies in a variety of categories, from franchise and subgenre to directors and actors. No film is left unwatched as I break down my top five picks. So join me every Sunday for new episodes and get ready to dive into the world of film with Top 5 from The Ray Taylor Show. Season's greetings! 80s aficionados and movie buffs, welcome to a radical episode of Top 5. I'm your host, Ray Taylor, and today we're time-traveling back to the era of big hair, neon lights, and some of the most iconic Christmas movies ever made. That's right, we're ranking the Top 5 Christmas movies from the totally tubular 1980s. The 80s were a time of excess, excitement, and cinematic wonder, especially when it came to the holiday films. These movies weren't just about Christmas, they were about adventure, heart, and capturing the unique spirit of the decade. The 80s were a time of innovation and imagination in cinema, and these Christmas movies were no exception. They, were brought, to, they brought us laughter, tears, and a sense of wonder all wrapped up in a shiny 80s bow. So whether you're a fan of the festive flicks or a sucker for the 80s, today's episode has something for everybody. We're ranking these Yuletide classics not just for their holiday cheer, but for their iconic status in the decade that was truly like no other. Join me as we count down these winter wonders and revisit the magic of the 80s Christmas movies. It's going to be a holiday trip down memory lane you won't want to miss. Last year, I ranked my top five 90s Christmas movies, so I figured this year would be a great time to revisit and rank the Christmas movies of the 1980s. None of these movies on my list were a first-time watch. They are all movies I have watched many, 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 many times. One of my favorite Christmas movies of all time is going to be on this list as well. Uh, the 80s had a lot of dark and unexpected uh, Christmas movies, uh, many of which I'm sure people will argue if they are even Christmas movies at all. But I'll make my case for them as I break down and rank my top five 80s Christmas movies. Let's get it started, shall we? Starting off with a movie that I can't believe people would argue it not being a Christmas movie. There is Christmas all over this movie. It is a very much a Christmas movie, but it is tonally not what you would maybe expect from a Christmas movie. A movie from my childhood, as all these were. But coming in at number five is Gremlins. Gremlins came out in 1984. This is a comedy, horror, Christmas movie. Film directed by Joe Dante and produced by Steven Spielberg. Blending humor. I think this was written by Chris Columbus. Blending uh, humor, horror, and elements of fantasy, Gremlins became a pop culture phenomenon and is recognized for its unique blend of genres as well as its playful yet dark tone. This cast in this film, Zach uh, Galligan as Billy Peltzer, a young man who receives a mysterious creature called a mogwai as a gift. You have Phoebe Cates 
as Kate Berenger, Billy's girlfriend. You also have Hoyt Axton as Randall Peltzer, Billy's father and the unwitting purveyor of the Mogwai. You also have Polly Holiday as Miss Deagle, a mean-spirited woman who is one of the Gremlins' victims. You also have Francis Lee McCain as Lynn Peltzer, Billy's mom. You also have Key Luke as Mr. Wing, the shopkeeper who initially owns Gizmo. In this movie, the story centers around a young man named Billy Peltzer who receives a strange, adorable creature called a Mogwai as a Christmas gift from his father. The Mogwai, which Billy names Gizmo, comes with three important rules. Number one, never expose it to bright light. Number two, don't get it wet. And number three, by all means, never, ever feed it after midnight. Whatever that means. The rules are inadvertently broken, leading to chaos in the small town of Kingston Falls. When Gizmo gets wet, he spawns other Mogwai who transform into mischievous and malevolent creatures called gremlins after eating after midnight. The gremlins wreak havoc across the town, leading to a series of comedic and horrifying events. Billy, with his help from Kate and Gizmo's struggle, to stop the gremlins, leading to a battle against the creatures in a local department store. Many notable aspects to this movie, the blend of genres, gremlins, is particularly noted for its successful blending of horror, comedy, and fantasy, appealing to both younger and older audiences. The special effects, of course, were also very notable. The film uses puppetry and animatronics to bring the gremlins to life, which was innovative at the time and contributed significantly to the film's charm. It also had a cultural impact. Gremlins became a cultural phenomenon and spawned a franchise, including a sequel, Gremlins 2, The New Batch, merchandise, and a lasting impact on pop culture. The themes of this movie were also notable beneath its surface. The film explores themes of consumerism, responsibility, and the unexpected consequences of breaking the rules. Also, the ratings controversy. The film was one of the movies, along with Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, that led to the creation of the PG-13 rating in the United States due to its mix of family-friendly premise and the occasional violent and frightening scenes. Gremlins remains a beloved classic known for its unique mix of horror and humor, memorable characters, and innovative special effects. Its influence can be seen in various films and media that blend horror with comedic elements. I myself, probably for Christmas, received a Gizmo doll. I loved that thing. Also in watching the Christmas Chronicles 2 the elves which was written and directed by chris columbus the elves in that movie which started in the first movie but were featured more so in the second movie there's very much a gremlins-esque uh aspect to that movie and they also look like gremlins uh but yeah this is a clearly a christmas movie gizmo was given as a gift this movie takes place during christmas time it's snow everywhere christmas lights Christmas decorations, the woman that wants to kill Billy's dog is insane. Uh, the dark moments with Kate telling the tragedy of how her father died, 
dressing up as Santa Claus and getting stuck in the chimney and burning to death is absolutely horrific. Uh, this is definitely a horror movie. This is definitely a comedy. This is definitely a Christmas movie. And I do love the mixture of all of them. This is a movie that I loved watching growing up. Uh, and even revisiting it, I enjoy the horror, Christmas horror aspect of it. I really do. And never really uh, thought of it as a horror movie until having watched it the most recent time and seeing, obviously, the horrific moments, but also kind of references to other horror movies. So, I don't know. I, I love Gremlins. That's why it's here. At number five, my fifth favorite 80s Christmas movie. Maybe it's surprising. It's so surprising that this that might be an unconventional pick because get ready. <laughs> this list is only getting started. Moving on to my fourth favorite 80s Christmas movie. This one, I'm sure people will argue along with Gremlins. If Gremlins isn't a Christmas movie to you, then this is going to be far from it as well. But in my opinion, it definitely is a Christmas movie and it's a movie I really love. Coming in at number four is lethal weapon this came out in 1987 this is a buddy cop action film directed by richard donner written by shane black the film is known for its blend of action comedy and drama and it played a significant role in uh defining the buddy cop genre it spawned a successful franchise that includes several sequels director of this again richard donner and this cast is great in this one obviously the problematic uh but still great in this role mel gibson as Martin Riggs, a highly skilled yet unstable narcotics sergeant uh, with the Los Angeles Police Department who is struggling with grief and suicidal tendencies following the death of his wife. We also have Danny Glover, who's getting too old for this shit, as Roger Murtaugh, a seasoned by-the-book homicide detective and family man who is partnered with Riggs. You also have Gary Busey as Mr. Joshua, a ruthless mercenary and the primary antagonist you have Mitchell Ryan as General Peter McAllister, the head of a drug smuggling operation. There's also Darlene Love as Trish Murtaugh, Roger's wife. Tracy Wolf as Renee Murtaugh, Roger's daughter. Uh, in this movie, Lethal Weapon follows two contrasting LAPD detectives, Martin Riggs and Roger Murtaugh, who are reluctantly paired together. Murtaugh, who had just turned 50 and is looking forward to a quiet life, finds himself teamed up with the wild and unpredictable Riggs, who is dealing with severe depression. The film begins with them investigating the apartment an apparent suicide of a young woman, but the case soon escalates into a bigger criminal conspiracy involving heroin smugglers, former special forces operatives, and a corrupt ex-military personnel. As Riggs and Murtaugh delve deeper into the case, they form an unlikely bond despite their initial differences. Riggs' unorthodox methods and the willingness to take risks contrast with Murtaugh's caution, cautious approach, creating both comedic and tense moments. The duo's investigation leads them to into several high-octane dangerous confrontations with the criminals, particularly the formidable Mr. Joshua. Many notable aspects to this movie as well. Of course, the buddy cop dynamic, Lethal Weapon, is celebrated for its chemistry between the two leads, Gibson and Glover, whose dynamics set the standard for many buddy, buddy cop movies that followed. 
great action sequences. This film features intense and well-choreographed action sequences, including shootouts, hand-to-hand combat, and a memorable final fight that includes legitimate jiu-jitsu. Also, character depth. Unlike many action films of the era, Lethal Weapon provides substantial character development, particularly exploring Riggs' mental health issues and Murtaugh's family life. The humor and heart of this movie is also notable. The film balances its action and drama with humor and moments of genuine emotion, deepening the viewer's investment in the characters and their relationship. Lethal Weapon was both a critical and commercial success upon its release and is not only spawned successful franchise, including three sequels and a television series, but also influenced the action genre significantly, inspiring numerous films with a similar theme and character dynamics. This movie is very much an L.A. Christmas movie. You know, anybody that's ever been to L.A., uh, you know, you're not getting snow. You're getting sunny weather. might be a little cooler outside. Uh, But in this movie, it's full of Christmas music. It's full of Christmas decorations. It's all about family uh, and meeting new family and the family dynamics and uh, all of that stuff. And uh, I love this movie. It's, uh, you know, I love the franchise of Lethal Weapon, but this one, uh, you know, a great Christmas movie. <laughs> Absolutely great Christmas movie. And the final fight. The character is noted to know jujitsu, And in the final fight against Mr. Joshua, uh, he tries to get him in an arm bar legitimately. Joshua gets out, uh, but chokes him out ultimately with a leg triangle, uh, but only temporarily. Joshua obviously uh, regains consciousness and uh, ends with a shootout. But a great movie that actually, way before its time, way before jiu-jitsu was ever popular uh, in movies or in culture. Not that it really is nowadays, but as opposed to what you see in a lot of movies where they use like WWE fake fighting maneuvers that don't ever do anything. uh, This was uh, legit pretty surprising in watching it uh more recently and having been introduced to jiu-jitsu but uh, i love this movie coming in number four my fourth favorite 80s christmas movie is lethal weapon let's take a short break from this episode hey loyal listeners of the ray taylor show i know it's one thing to tune in and engage with the content that i passionately create for you but what if i told you there's a way to wear your fandom Introducing our exclusive line of merchandise inspired directly by the vibes and visuals of this very podcast. From the stylish t-shirts that'll make you stand out in the crowd to our eco-friendly biodegradable phone cases adorned with artwork inspired by the show. You can now carry a piece of the Ray Taylor show wherever you go. Whether you're looking to make a fashion statement, protect your phone with some flair, or simply want to show off your love for the show, our merchandise has got you covered. Ready to rock our gear? Head on over to InspiredDisorder.com and get yours today. Wear the show. Be the vibe. Now let's get back to the show. Moving on to my third favorite 80s Christmas movie. This is undoubtedly a Christmas movie based on a classic Christmas tale but very much of the 80s and mixed with other genres as well. But that movie, coming in number three, my third favorite Christmas movie of the 80s is Scrooged. 
This movie came out in 1988. This is a comedy directed by Richard Donner. It's a modern retelling of Charles Dickens' classic from 1943 novella, A Christmas Carol. The film puts a uh, contemporary and comedic spin on the story, known for its humorous take on the classic tale and Bill Murray's performance as the lead character. Great cast, of course, Bill, Bill Murray, as I mentioned, as Frank Cross, a cynical and selfish television executive who is the modern equivalent of Ebenezer Scrooge. You have Karen Allen as Claire Phillips, Frank's longtime love, long-lost love. You also have John Forsyth as Lou Hayward, Frank's deceased mentor, who takes the role of Jacob Marley. You have Bobcat Goldthwait as Elliot Loudermilk, a fired employee of Frank's. You also have Carol Kane as the ghost of Christmas present. David Jonathan, Jonathan as the ghost of Christmas past. And Alfred Woodard as Grace uh, Cooley, Frank's overworked and underappreciated assistant, a character similar to Bob Cratchit. In this movie, Scrooge follows Frank Cross, a successful yet tyrannical and mean-spirited television executive who has lost touch with his true with the true spirit of Christmas. He plans to air a live broadcast of A Christmas Carol on Christmas Eve, which reflects his overly commercial approach to the holidays. Frank's life takes a surreal turn when he is visited by three ghosts on Christmas Eve. The ghost of Christmas past, the New York cab driver, uh, takes Frank back to his childhood and early adult years, showing how his ambition led him to uh, alienate those he loved. The ghost of Christmas present, portrayed by uh, portrayed with comedic and physical humor by Carol Kane, shows Frank the current hardships faced by those around him, particularly his assistant Grace and her family. Finally, the ghost of Christmas future, a towering and ominous figure, confronts Frank with a bleak vision of the future if he continues on his path. Throughout these encounters, Frank is forced to confront the consequences of his selfishness and cynicism, leading to a transformation in his character. Very many notable aspects in this one as well. Bill Murray, his performance uh, as Frank Cross is a highlight of the film blending his characteristic uh, deadpan humor with moments of genuine emotion. The comedic approach to the story, the film, is known for its dark comedy and satirical take on the, tra the traditional Christmas story, as well as on the television. Uh, as well on the television industry. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, also specific, the special effects of this film are notable, the ghostly apparitions, and the time travel sequence involved uh, involve imaginative special effects for the era. And of course, the heartwarming message, despite its comedic and cynical tone, Scrooge is ultimately delivers a heartwarming message about redemption and the spirit of Christmas. Scrooge received mixed reviews upon its release, but has since become a cult classic, particularly appreciated for its unique and humorous adaptation of a classic Christmas story and for Bill Murray's performance. It's often included in a list of alternative Christmas films and is known for its blend of comedy, 
sentimentality and social commentary, as well, I would say, as its horror uh, special effects, practical effects. There are definitely some uh, horror moments. I mean, you have a uh, Night of the Living Dead type of uh, kind of zombie type scene when it all kicks off. Uh, but a great movie. I really enjoyed it, and a, a great take on the Christmas Carol story. Uh, and Bill Murray, he can really play like an annoying asshole at times, uh, and pulls it off in this one. Um, and I love it. That's why coming in number three is Scrooged. Moving on to my second favorite Christmas movie of the '80s. This is another movie that I could see people crying about, saying it's not. A Christmas movie, but I gotta say, they are wrong. To me, this is a Christmas movie, and it is my second favorite Christmas movie from the 80s. And that movie, coming in number two, is Die Hard. This came out in 1988. It's an action film directed by John McTiernan and written by Jeb Stewart and Stephen E. De La Souza. It is based on a on Roderick Thorpe's 1979 novel, Nothing Lasts Forever and is the first installment in the Die Hard film series. The film is known for its redefining the action genre and considered one of the greatest action films of all time. This movie stars, of course, Bruce Willis as John McClane, an off-duty New York City police officer. You have Alan Reichman as Hans Gruber, a sociopathic... Uh, soci sociopath sophisticated... <laughs> My nose is running. Uh, he's a sophisticated and cunning terrorist leader. You have Bonnie Bedelia as Holly Gennaro McLean, McLean's estranged wife. You also have Reginald Vell Johnson as Sergeant Al Powell, an LAPD officer who becomes McLean's de facto partner. You also have Alexander Alexander uh, Godardonov as Carl Gruber's second in command, as Carl. Gruber's second in command. Paul Gleason as Deputy Police Chief Dwayne T. Robinson. You have in this movie, the film follows the NYPD officer, John McClane, who travels to Los Angeles to attend a Christmas party at the Nakatomi Plaza, where his estranged wife, Holly, works. The festivities are interrupted by a group of terrorists led by Hans Gruber, who take the partygoers hostage. Their goal is to steal $640 million in bearer bonds from the building's vault. McLean, who had separated from the group uh, to freshen up, manages to evade capture and becomes the only obstacle in the terrorist plan. With limited resources and no immediate police backup, McLean wages a one-man uh, one war against Gruber and his henchmen using his wits and police training to disrupt their scheme. Throughout the night, McLean faces various challenges from physical confrontations with the terrorists to navigating the building's infrastructure. Infrastructure. He communicates with the outside world through Sergeant Al Powell, who f uh, form they form a bond with him. He forms a bond with him. The LAPD and FBI get involved, but often underestimate the situation, leading to McLean taking matters into his own hands. Uh, many notable aspects to this movie as well. Of course, Bruce Willis's performance. Willis' portrayal of John McClane was uh, a departure from typical action heroes of the time. McClane was portrayed as a vulnerable and relatable everyman. 
with uh, which resonated with audiences. Also, Alan Reichman and Hans as Hans Gruber, as Hans Gruber, uh, Reichman's performance as the sophisticated, uh, calculating villain set a standard for action movie antagonists, and I believe was his first role, first big role. Also, great action sequences in this. This film's known for its well-choreographed uh, action sequences and practical effects, including the iconic scene of McLean jumping off the Nakatomi building with a fire hose. The setting, of course, is notable. The, co the confined setting of the Nakatomi Plaza created a tense, claustrophobic atmosphere that added to the film's suspense. Of course, the impact on the genre, Die Hard redefined the action genre, inspiring numerous films and establishing several tropes commonly seen in action movies thereafter. Uh, Die Hard was not only a box office success, but also received critical acclaim for its direction, performances, and screenplay. The film's influence is still seen in the genre today and, is, and, has, often and has become a cultural icon often debated as a non-traditional Christmas movie due to its holiday setting, which I agree with. This is a Christmas movie, Christmas music, Christmas decorations. It takes place at a Christmas party. Come on, what are you going to do? Christmas all over this place. That's why coming in number two, my second favorite Christmas movie from the 80s is Die Hard. Let's take a quick break from the show. Listeners, are you ready to take your experience with The Ray Taylor Show to the next level? Dive into Inspired Disorder Plus for just $5 a month. You unlock a world of premium content that's sure to satisfy your every entertainment and artistic craving. Imagine enjoying The Ray Taylor Show, a full week completely ad-free in both audio and video formats. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. Get exclusive access to the live painting archive, be the first to lay eyes on new releases from the many faces, and enjoy members-only discounts and deals that will have you coming back for more. With a treasure trove that includes a podcast back catalog of boasting 14 unique shows and over 600 episodes, personal insights through Ray Taylor's own blog, that is me, creative writing to spark your, spark your imagination, and an interactive Ask Me Anything section. Inspired Disorder Plus is a feast for the curious mind. Get ready to elevate your entertainment game. Head on over to inspireddisorder.com plus and become a member of an exclusive club. Dive in, indulge, and inspire your senses. Now let's get back to the show. Moving on to my favorite 80s Christmas movie and potentially my favorite Christmas movie of all time. I, I would... I don't know if I've done that list before, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if I put this as my number one. It is a go-to classic that I love to rewatch every year, um, and a movie that I've watched even off Christmas uh, season time because I just love it. Uh, coming in number one, my favorite Christmas movie from the '80s is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Uh, it came out in 1989. Comedy filmed by uh, Jeremiah S. Chechik, and it is the third installment in the National Lampoon's Magazine's Vacation film series, following National Lampoon's Vacation from 1983 and National Lampoon's European Vacation 1985, written by John Hughes, 
who based it on his story, his short story, Christmas 59, from National Lampoon's magazine. The film is known for its humorous portrayal of the typical family Christmas experience. Uh, this great cast as well, Chevy Chase as Clark Griswold, the well-meaning but often bumbling patriarch of the Griswold family. You have Beverly D'Angelo as Ellen Griswold, Clark's uh, patient and understanding wife. You have Randy Quaid as Cousin Eddie Johnson, the eccentric and often inappropriate relative. You have Julia Louis. You have uh, Juliette Lewis as Johnny, and Johnny Galecki as Audrey and Rusty Griswold. Uh, you also have Clark and Ellen's children. Of course, there's Doris Roberts, E.G. E. Marshall, Diane Ladd, and john randolph as the grandparents uh, the film follows clark griswold the film follows clark griswold's attempt to have a perfect family christmas clark dreams of hosting a great holiday celebration with his entire family including his parents uh, and elaine's parents and his oddball cousin eddie with his family he also plans to surprise his family with a backyard pool banking on a Christmas bonus from his employer. However, Clark's plans quickly start to unravel. His struggles He struggles with setting up the house's Christmas lights, encounters a series of mishaps while shopping, and faces the challenges of hosting a dysfunctional uh, hosting his dysfunctional relatives. The arrival of cousin Eddie adds more chaos to the already uh, precarious situation. As Clark envisioned perfect Christmas, as Clark's envisioned perfect Christmas continues to fall apart, he becomes increasingly frustrated. The climax of the film occurs when Clark finally snaps after learning that instead of the expected cash bonus, he was received a subscription to the Jelly of the Month Club. Many notable aspects to this film, obviously the humor. The film is filled with slapstick comedy, witty one-liners, and absurd situations, making it a humorous take on the holiday season's uh, stress. Of course, Chevy Chase's performance, Chevy Chase's portrayal of Clark Griswold is a highlight of the film as, the, as he captures the character's manic energy and good-hearted intentions. Of course, Christmas themes, while it is a, com a comedy, the film also touches on themes of, that are common to Christmas movies such as the importance of family and the spirit of the holidays. Of course, the movie has a cult status. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation has achieved cult status over the years and has become a staple of the holiday movie viewing for many. Appreciated for its lighthearted take on often chaotic nature of family gatherings, the film was well received by audience for its humor and relatability. And it has since become a classic Christmas comedy beloved for its portrayal of the holidays, potential for disaster, and heartwarming moments. Like, this movie, I've seen it so many times. There are so many great lines. Uh, the neighbors are great with Julia Louis-Dreyfus and all their mishaps. Cousin Eddie, the shitter's full, the Melakaliki Maka, just all of it. I, every aspect of this movie I really love, and uh, uh, it never gets old, and uh, is a classic for me, 
It always has and always will be a movie that I revisit every holiday season. That's why coming in number one is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Honorable mentions. Trading Places. Not just a Christmas movie. You could say this is a New Year's movie. Uh, I think it takes it starts well before Christmas, I believe. Uh, it is a good movie, though. There is an aspect of this movie that doesn't hold up. There's some blackface in this movie. Uh, and some just... Uh, there, it, there's a, a chunk of this movie in towards the end that just I don't think holds up very well. But overall, I really did enjoy Trading Places. But I wouldn't consider it a Christmas movie. Uh, a Christmas Story is one that I, I think a lot of people love. It plays all the time. It is a movie that I have never really liked. And in rewatching it this time for this list, I just didn't like it. It's just not a Christmas movie I like at all. Um, maybe for older audiences, it hits with them more, but I just didn't like it. Uh, and then another movie, Santa Claus the Movie, which I reviewed, did a full review of last year, uh, had a lot of potential. The first half of Santa Claus the Movie is pretty epic, uh, almost like Lord of the Rings level, like origin for santa but then turns into a weird thing where an elf goes and makes candy for a toy company that makes dangerous toys and then somehow pivots into making candy and everybody's fine with that i don't know it, it's got some problems it's got a lot of problems uh it could have been a great movie uh but none of those made it and then there was some that i just couldn't get to or i watched and i you know i just didn't like them as much as these movies it was just tough these are all movies that i've seen a ton of times grew up with these movies and in rewatching them i think they all hold up uh and i would consider them all christmas movies so let me recap that list one more time of my top favorite 80s christmas movies and we'll get out of here this is my top five 80s christmas movies i let me rephrase that this is my top five christmas movies from the 1980s Starting off with number five is Gremlins. Number four is Lethal Weapon. Number three is Scrooged. Number two is Die Hard. And my number one favorite Christmas movie from the 1980s is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Let me know what your favorite Christmas movies from the 80s were. Home Alone was not an 80s movie for everybody that might be wondering that did make my 90s list though uh but yeah let me know what your top fave your top five favorite christmas movies from the 80s are i would love to hear it thank you all for tuning in to top five from the ray taylor show i do hope you enjoyed my rankings and analysis of my top five 80s christmas movies let me know how you would rank your favorite movies christmas movies from the 80s are there any films i missed or should reconsider and join the conversation by leaving a comment or rating on your favorite podcast platform or over on youtube.com slash inspired disorder don't forget to tune in next sunday for an all-new episode and see you again next week for more top five subscribe to the ray taylor show on youtube and everywhere podcasts are found binge the full week ad free over at inspireddisorder.com slash plus Purchase Ray Taylor Show merch over at InspiredDisorder.com. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Peace. Oh, 
much. Today is the day where you wake up and you realize that everything that you've been dreaming about, everything that you've been wanting, every goal and wish and hope that you've ever had can become real. Dreams can come true. What you manifest in your mind, you can bring to reality.